Welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast with your hosts, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson. A couple of clean comedians here to support each other and others through comedy's wacky and winding roads. They'll talk about highs and lows and some traumatizing shows. So get ready, get set, let's go! All right, welcome to our third episode of Laugh Support, brought to you by the Hot Breath Network. So last couple of weeks, we talked about our introduction into comedy and how we got started. And this week, we're going to be talking about feelings of helplessness. helplessness. But guess what? Today, I just want to say good morning, June. Of course, I don't, know, I don't know if you're listening to this. Were you taking a sip? I was getting ready to take a sip. I thought you had more to say. <laughs> well, I do have more to say. That's why we have a podcast. That's true. This is true. Good morning, Michelle Van Dusen. How are you, friend? I'm good. How are you doing? Anything exciting happen this week? Oh, my goodness. Everything is exciting that happens this week. We've had flooding rains. We, we went from um, ice storm to snowstorm to my kid is out of school for two days for flooding rains, which he was supposed to go back to school every day starting on Monday and the very first day that they were supposed to go back every day school was canceled. So now he's, wow. you know, he's just up all night with his friends and he's, uh, he was out lifting weights at, you know, he's got, he, he's a member of one of those gyms that's open all night long. Right. So he plays basketball. Then he, after his basketball game, then he meets up with his lifting buddy and they go and they lift weights. And then he comes home, like literally just hyped up. Right. And usually he cooks chicken at like midnight and then like three 30 this morning, he had four friends over and um, like upstairs, there's a he has a big bonus room and and all of that stuff. So we really don't hear him much. They just hang out and play video games and ping pong and basketball. But three thirty this morning, I wake up and this like six foot three muscly teenager in a hoodie is leaned over my bed, going, "Mom, yo, mom, mom." And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, I "Think me and the guys are just gonna go walk around the neighborhood a little bit." <laughs> I'm like, what? "Yeah." Yeah, that's what you need to do in a subdivision when everyone has ring doorbells. <laughs> like, no, you're not going to walk around. What? We ain't going to do nothing. We think we're going to do something. And I was like, no, I know you're not going to do anything. But the people in our neighborhood doesn't. Four teenagers and hoodies walking around at 3.30 in the morning because they're bored. Nothing good can come from that. So now I'm having an argument with a 17-year-old at 3.30 in the morning. So I just like... I'm wired right now because I'm exhausted. <laughs> kids are exhausting. Did your kids ever do the crazy stuff like that? Um, I don't know. I slept right through it if they did. And uh, they haven't told me. So um, I'm going to go with yes, maybe. Maybe. See, I never sleep. Now, I, now my kid has, they have walked in to our room and they've just stand there staring at us while we're <laughs> sleeping. Like, and I'm like, what do you want? Nothing like that's weird to me, but I, um, yeah. Or that was a dream. I don't know. Either way, either way. I never did that to my mom. Uh, You know, so my parents are hot dog and Mo and Mo would have come up swinging. Like she would have come up. If I was leaning over her, she wouldn't have asked questions. She would have said, Junebug, why are you here? She would have just straight up come up swinging. Like, especially the neighborhoods we lived in. If you had somebody leaning over you, it was, you know, 
fight or flight and she's going to fight. So yeah, I never woke my mom up at three o'clock in the morning ever. Yeah. And I know that um, some people like, you know, they keep a gun by the side of their bed or under the pillow or things like that. You never know. Yeah. This is Kentucky girl. I know those people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we live in a neighborhood that's um, uh, before you even come in, there's a sign that says that we're a concealed uh, carry uh, neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't know which neighbor. You don't know. No. You know I, well, I kind of do. But you don't really yes. know who and who does <laughs> But yeah, that's, uh, that was my morning. So, yeah. so there we are. Hey, so uh, it sounded actually kind of like a helpless situation if you're sleeping. And a little bit. A hooded teenager standing over your bed. In comedy, has there, well, you could probably turn this into a comedy bit now, but uh, yes. has there ever been a moment that you felt like helpless, like um Ah, I'm stuck kind of a thing. Like, what do you do? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't comedy have a lot of those moments? Um, especially like early on very in the beginning. My my beginning into comedy uh, is different, I think, than a lot of people. Like, I didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a comedian and this is what I'm going to do. You know, for me, comedy um, is an avenue, you know, for ministry. So, it, it literally was a moment where God kind of said, this is a place where you can go and, and you can meet people and get in places. And, and, you know, not necessarily like I don't do comedy with a Bible on my hip. Like I don't, you know, and I don't even do church jokes. You know, I don't, I mean, some Christian comedians, um, a lot of their material is about the Christian culture and, and that's cool, you know, because their audience definitely gets that they're doing jokes about a culture they understand. And, you know, when people can relate to your material, they obviously enjoy your material. Um, but for me, like I said, I got a, a daddy named Hot Dog and a mom named Mo, and I grew up in government housing and run down trailers and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know that, you know, the Christian audiences are who you want me to to be giving my stories to like, how am I going to do this? Um, so very early on, I was like, okay, God, if you want me to do this, how, how do I do this? I, I live in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You know, I'm an hour and a half from Louisville, Kentucky, Louisville, Louisville. Um, yeah. A lot of people call it different things, but I'm an, and then I'm an hour from Nashville. There's no club in my town. There's no comedy scene in Bowling Green, there was no one, you know, here or open mics that were happening that I could just go observe and, and see what was going on. So that felt really helpless, right? So you were like in the middle of nowhere and God's like, June, do comedy. And you're like, <laughs> yes. help me. I have no idea what to do. So you, sounds like you're kind of like David out there, you know, watching the sheep where you're just all by yourself, picking a girl's sling and throwing it at, you know, throwing rocks around. Uh, so what did you do? Yeah, I was, I was David with the sheep. Okay. I do, again, I don't do church material, but I do know who that dude was. And I, and I kind of remember he was hanging out like before he became the guy who killed Goliath. Like that was his deal. He was just, he was a shepherd. He was a little dude like out in the field. Yeah. And, like the youngest kid, the youngest kid. Hey, go, go take care of the animals. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of did feel like, I guess a David, I'm the middle child, but um, I did feel kind of alone out here. Like I'm, I'm writing some stuff, but for who and for what, and where do I even go? And um, yeah, there wasn't really a June, like that's not how God spoke to me. He doesn't talk like that. There June, was my daughter, June bug, buggy June. This is the Lord. No, he doesn't talk like that. 
He said, thou shalt do comedy. <laughs> like the clouds parted. I got shocked with lightning. <laughs> like, no, there was you are no- so funny to me. <laughs> no, he actually kind of whispered it to me because that's, you know, Jude, Jude, <laughs> wake up, Jude. I'm going to go walk around the neighborhood like that. Oh, wait. It wasn't even God. It was my kid. Oh, man. <laughs> But on the wrong path this whole time. What? It definitely wasn't my kid because he's like, what? Why are you? Mom, no, no. Don't oh, so the, the first benefit was to make your child feel helpless. I love this story. Okay, yeah. so God's whispering to you. Um, like, how did he do that? Uh, it really was. It was actually a moment in church. I was sitting in church and... Um, and I had always felt like there was something like I wanted to be involved in a ministry. I wanted to have an opportunity to talk to people that were maybe similar to me in my path. Cause I, I spent a lot of time rejecting Christians, rejecting Christ, rejecting the church, you know, those kind of things. And, uh, and always feeling like Christians were judgmental people. And, and so, you know, I, I, I felt like I found my way to God without having that, concern about judging Christians and, um, and then kind of figuring out that I actually was doing that myself to Christians. Um, like and you not were re- judging Christians. Oh, absolutely. Being judgmental. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's yeah. how God well, talked to me. Are, some are very judgmental. Yes. And, and so I'm are... judge you right now. I can't believe you did that. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so are people who are not Christians. Like, yeah. They're really judgmental people too, right? But like I had this whole argument with God about how judgy the Christians were and how I wasn't hanging out with Christians because they thought they were better than everybody else. And they mm-hmm. judge people and they look down on people. And literally God was just like, like, it, and he, you know, if you're not a Christian or you've never had a moment like this, it, we do sound like weirdos. I am a weirdo for one. Yes. <laughs> but, but these moments, unless you have that relationship, it's almost like, um, you know, like if you're in the house and there's no noise, but you know, somebody else is in the house, mm-hmm. you feel like the person's presence that are in the house. Like I have that, I have that a lot with God. Like I just, he's just there. I just know he's there, you know? And, um, and he, he's always spoke to me like in humor and sarcasm, which is a language I understand. Like I don't speak Japanese or Chinese or Germanese or, you know, <laughs> that's not, I, a, that's I do. not a language. I, you speak German like egg rolls. No, just Chinese. I like no. egg rolls. <laughs> I like wonton soup. No, uh, I don't think that counts, Michelle. That doesn't oh, count. Well, I, I speak in food. That's that's yeah. My now I do language. speak food fluently. But yeah. yeah, so he basically was like, it, it's comedy. Like that's how you're, you know, I, I'm not a builder. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not, I, I, I'm horrible at quoting Bible verses there. And so I was comparing the things that other people did to just reach out and kind of be a light. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I don't do comedy with the Bible on my hip. I don't, I don't do um, yeah, really a whole lot of church material. I tried one, uh, one joke in our writer's group one time. <laughs> That was that was a Bible verse joke, and it bombed. It didn't go well. So you know, I don't know. But what I did was I went, okay, who who is doing this kind of comedy, right? Who you know? And God's like, I don't know. Maybe Google it, June, because <laughs> He gives you tools to get. You know, you didn't know God Googled, did you, Michelle? No, I did. I didn't realize He used Google. So God's a Googler. He's a Googler. And, uh, I think that's great. 
Yeah. Yeah. He said, Google it, June. And I did. And I found uh, an association, the Christian Comedy Association. And um, I found their Facebook page and I kind of just typed up like, here's what's going on with me. I know it sounds crazy. Um, and then right away, this uh, there was a comedian named Peppy Garrett. I don't know if you know Peppy. I love Peppy Garrett. She is such a delight, such a joy. Yes. Um, yeah. You, once you meet her, you've met her. Yes. Is that right? Well, I don't, I've never met her, but, but oh, you haven't. No, I've never met her. She uh, saw, she saw what I had written on their, uh, you know, their Facebook page or whatever. And she called me and she was like, girl, I totally understand what you're, you're going through. First, she was like, I don't, I really don't have time to call you, but I'm going to send you a video of my testimony and all this stuff. And, um, and I was like, Oh, okay, thanks. And then a few minutes later, she's like, okay, I just have to call you. I just have to talk to you <laughs> because it, because my story resonated with her. Right. So she calls me, she reaches out to me and we end up talking for like an hour and a half on the front porch. And she was like, there's a conference every summer. You have to go to this conference. You're going to meet some people that are like you that are really supportive and kind. And, um, it's just an experience you need to have right now. And so she talked me into looking up the conference and, and at first I was like, well, I'm sure it's too far away. Right. And it was actually in Nashville. Oh, that's was, like down the street from you. Yes. It's an hour from my house. And then I was like, oh, I'm sure it's too expensive, you know? And then it, it wasn't, it wasn't very expensive at all. But then I'm also somebody who never spends money on myself and I don't, mm. you know, like I struggle with, you know, buying, spending more than 20 bucks on a shirt. Right. And I'm like, Oh, but still I'd have to spend money. And then, you know, I look at the calendar and realize it's my birthday. It literally was my birthday, like the weekend of my birthday. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. When, when, uh, when is your birthday? When do you think my birthday is Michelle Van Dusen? It's obviously in the summer. Cause I know that's when the conference is. Yes. Uh, so I don't know. June, July, June. It's in June. It in June? Michelle, come on. <laughs> you really didn't June? know my is it jude it is jude i get asked that a lot people are like were you born are you kidding so not only are you named june because you're born in june well here's the deal okay so (laughs) i was supposed to be born in may i was due in may my name is june marie may and i was supposed to be born in may and i showed up late (laughs) i was born june 7th i'm late for everything you noticed that this morning didn't you (laughs) And so my mom just switched it. I went from May Marie June, and my name is June Marie May. I have two middle names. Like Marie May is not one word. It's June Marie May. And then when I got married, I changed. Um, I, I I just did Vaughn for my middle name, you know, so that I didn't have like June Marie May Colson. I just thought, well, I'll simplify it. And I'll be. I'll take my maiden name, and then <laughs> and then my little one. When when Trey was little, he would tell people, "This is my mom. Her name is June." Marie May Bug Von Bug Von Colson. <laughs> like that was my name. Bug Von Bug Von. Yes, because I had June Bug. But listen, we so we just signed on the homework <laughs> for the house we're in right now. And they slide this paper over to you that has your aliases on it. Right. And, and my husband was like JL or, you know, whatever. Like it had his um, different. Like one aliases. or two. There was like f- maybe three at the most. And then it was like a whole page of, I was June Colson, June Vaughn Colson. I was June Marie May Colson, June Marie Colson. June Marie. Like I was like, dang, I, I, I would investigate me if I was the FBI. I would be looking into why this chick has 47 names on this. Anyway. So is it, is it just as easy uh, for your sister um, October 
I mean, how does she handle things? She's not. She's she's Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. And so Ava Mo, my mama Mo, will tell you it's B O B B I, not Y. And just say Y is a boy's name, which is not. No, it's not. <laughs> Like a J-O with no E. There's no E's in Bobby Joe. Like this is such a serious hot button issue with my mom. With Does her. she know when her birthday is though? That's the question. Like your birthday obviously now is in June. It's June. So yeah. Bobby Joe doesn't have a birthday. That's just sad. Bobby Joe, I always say she was born in January and I was born on the warmest day of the year and my sister was born on the coldest day <laughs> of the year. <laughs> That's that's my girl. That's my girl. But anyway, anyway. How do we get on my name and my birthday. What were we talking about? Oh, we were Lord. talking about feeling helpless and how you were finding your people. Yes. Okay, and comedy. so I found Peppy. I found yeah. Peppy. She calls me. She says, "Go to this thing. It's on my birthday weekend, and I meet up with people who are doing like the the type of comedy that you know that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. But I also got to see that they're doing it in so many different ways. There were so many different." Um, avenues from, you know, people who were doing music and people who did improv and people who, um, who did the one-liner, you know, straight up comedy. There were puppets people who used puppets. Like there's a little bit of everything. And there were some people who were, um, like inspirational speakers, but they were, you know, they used comedy in uh, what they were doing. So it was really cool to kind of look and go, oh, wow, you know, and they were all just really supportive of each other and very um, welcoming to me. It was cool. So, so feeling helpless, the first thing was like, how do I do this? And who are the people doing it? And then I found some people right down the road, right? So then the next thing was realizing, okay, I need to write. I've got to learn how to write this stuff. And, and, and I needed to do it quick. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a 20 something year old single girl who is starting this path. And I have 15 to 20 years to figure this out. Cause everybody's like, Oh, it'll take you seven to 10 years to, you know, get your first five minutes or wh- whatever. I mean, not really that, but, but I, I knew like I need to expedite this process. So I've got to find people and learn from people fast. Right. So did you take any classes? I did. I actually, and it's funny because you find out like in comedy, people have this, you know, um, there are people who have very strong opinions about certain things in comedy mm-hmm. and comedians can, can really, it, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian comedian or not, not a Christian comedian. They spend a lot of time criticizing each other sometimes and how you do things and very strong opinions about like, you can't teach comedy. You can't, you know, but I had um, Kay Dodd, who's a, a Christian comedian. Yeah. All the books. But yeah, these people are like, you can't teach comedy. And then they're like, hey, have you bought the recent book by so-and-so? Like, that's exactly what you're buying. <laughs> yes, I have that one, too. I have that book, too. I haven't read it, but. But yeah, so I started taking classes. I did. I um, Are those your two favorites? Is that what you're showing me? No, it's just the two that I could reach at, at the moment. Yes. Um, I have that, I have that uh, comedy writing secrets that you have somebody sent to me. It's um, very, very good. In fact, um, one year at the CCA, they gave this copy away. So that's how I got my first copy of this. Um, yeah, I think John Peters actually sent me his copy of it. Um, who is one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. But, but yeah, so I heard um, a, a really great comedian, uh, Kay Dodd, 
who I love love K Dodd just wanted to put that out there. K, we love you. We do love you K Dodd. And she does this. She does a whole thing about like clean comedy and especially as Christians, if we're doing clean comedy, it has a little bit different um, vibe to it than like club clean, you know, some of the, and she was just phenomenal. But one of the things I heard her say about learning um, comedy and writing comedy was that, you know, if I, if I felt like I wanted to be a doctor or God called me into being a doctor, the, the last thing I need to do is pick up a scalpel and start cutting people, you know, that, that it's good to, to learn your craft, learn as much as you can about it. And we learn, you know, learn very quickly watching, uh, you know, comedians, um, clean, non-clean, that there's formulas, there's reasons why things are funny, right? There's a reason why people, what, what did I say wrong, Michelle? (laughs) Watching com- uh, comedians clean, non-clean. Watching them I mean, cleaning, like with a mop and a dustpan. I'm watching yeah. that. Yeah, there's some really dirty comedians out there. They throw their trash all over the floor. And then oh. there's some really clean ones that <laughs> pick up all the trash. <laughs> but yes. It's just watching funny comedians because you have bad comedians that they don't understand the structure, I think is where you were going with, you know, how to write a joke and stuff. I think that's really wise. Um, advice that Kay gave you. Like, that's brilliant. I didn't get that information when I first started out. So uh, I've struggled a whole lot more than you have. So I love this. Keep telling us what, what else did she say? What else? um, What other tips of the trade here? You know, so study your craft. Yes. Study your craft to, you know, take some classes if you can learn from somebody who's done it because that does cut the learning curve. I didn't have to I, I didn't know about word economy. I'm a storyteller. I'm Junebug. My my mom would call me Big Mouth, Motor Mouth, Blabber Mouth, Smart Mouth, Chatty, Chatty Kathy, Chatterbox, Jibber Jabber, Jabber Jaws, Lizard Lips, Lightning Lips. Like, I don't have word economy. That's not what I do. But then I learned that in comedy, you you need to have some word economy, you know, economy or whatever. And yeah. so I, I started, like, I started taking classes. Being close to Nashville, um, Rick Roberts, uh, the School of Laughs, he, you know, offered classes there. And and, and a wealth of information, right? I was able to learn all kinds of things from him about word economy, <laughs> about uh, alliterations and the power of threes and, you know, all of these elements that um, that just made things sharper and cleaner and like, oh, that's why people laugh at that. Oh, you know, taking a, a left turn or, you know, yeah. surprising people with the punchlines and those kind of things. And so I, I think that helped cut the, the learning curve quite a bit for me. I was able to start writing some material really quick. And then um, I had some momentum, you know, I had some momentum going. I felt like, you know, I was really starting to get some shows and do some things. And then um, with COVID, everything shut down and uh, I wasn't able to do that. But then our friend Joel Byers, who is, uh, was the inspiration for this podcast. So if people don't (laughs) like it, it's Joel's fault. Just go ahead. Joel Byers. (laughs) <laughs> write write all the letters. Send it your letters and complaints to Joel Byers there you at go. Hot Bread. No, I don't know his email. <laughs> no, I don't know his email either. He won't give us his email. He's like, no, yeah, no, that's this is not going to happen, ladies. <laughs> but uh, but he started this thing uh, called Write Ten, and um, it, it helped me with word economy because they you would write a joke, you would get a a, a word, ten minutes, the word of the day, and you would have ten minutes to write a joke on that word. Then he would read the word and comment, you know, or read your joke and comment about that joke, but in an extremely positive environment. 
you know, just, um, just positive feedback. And, and then people would kind of offer tags to your joke and, you know, in 10 minutes, you're not writing comedy magic, right? But no. what I found <laughs> is I've kept all these jokes that I wrote and they became, um, premises. They became things mm. that I was like, Ooh, yeah, because I always try to write very personal. So I don't do political stuff. Like if I'm writing a joke, I'm writing a, a joke about my kids, my husband, Mo and hot dog, my parents, you know, something that's true to my life, because that's one thing that I learned early on is it's if someone now went to a club, especially, you know, the people who know me now and know about Mo and hot dog, if someone tried to do my material somewhere else and they're like, my name is June bug. And I grew up in a house trailer and my dad is a hot dog and he blew his face off with fireworks. And people are gonna be like, wait, I think, isn't that a girl in Kentucky? <laughs> that mater- it's, it'd be a little more difficult. You know, maybe they could yeah. still one liner, maybe not that people are out there trying to get more stuff. Cause it's so magical. Okay. But but that I, I like doing all your jokes, especially about how tall you are. Yes, um, it goes it. off so yeah. well when I yeah. do it. So you know, I'm like, hey, I'm a seven foot blonde tall girl from Kentucky. They're like, seven foot. <laughs> okay, you're four foot nothing, and I'm seven foot tall. We are going to be in Ripley's. They're going to be like <laughs> in the museum beside each other. The world's smallest comedian and tallest comedian. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, okay. So it sounds like you went from a helpless situation uh, where then you started seeking out um, who could actually help you and where you could find your help. And so you found that in um, the Right 10 group, which is which is really a great, great group to be a part of. Yes. And you also got um, comedy lessons from Rick Roberts, like you went right. and took his classes. And then uh, Kay Dodd's... Um, advice to you was, you know, study it, figure it out, you know, and then you, of course you got your book that you're reading and, um, and you went to the comedy association, you went to the conference. And so you're, you actually went from a helpless situation to very hopeful and, and um, very well prepared. And I know that your, your career was, you know, you're moving along. I want to hear about um, your first paid gig. However, (laughs) we're at like, 26 minutes in. So word economy, are you saying word word economy, economy, word economy? So do you think that our next episode, you could tell us about your first paid gig and um, some of those kind of exciting things uh, along that journey? I could, I could, Michelle, if you, you if you uh, ask really sweetly. um, Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like (laughs) I could do word economy, but the first paid gig is such an interesting story. I'm going to need a little time. We'll just say this. There was a teenager. There was a one-eyed lady. Um, there, was a, uh, there was a missing comic. Um, yeah, there's so many yeah. elements we need to do. Okay, so we will cover all those elements in our next episode, episode four. Um, so let's say good night for this one. I, I started with good morning, and now we're going to go with a good night. Who knows when they're listening to this? So either we've covered both bases. It's going to take them all day anyway. It's only 20 minutes, right? 25 minutes, but all day listening. There it is. (laughs) So um, thanks for tuning in this week. And we will catch you next week when June tells us about her first paid gig. I'm Michelle Van Dusen. And I'm June Colson. And you guys know Jesus and Junebug loves you. And Michelle, come on, do it for me. One time. Uh, Thanks for laugh support. No, little Michelle and the Messiah tell you to take it higher. (laughs) One time. Do it for me one time. (laughs) 
No, not going to do it. (laughs) All right. This has been Lab Support. Thanks for tuning in with us. Bye. Bye.